Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Oh, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday. Already muting myself. What the heck's going on? Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Woo! Happy fall. It is actually fall today. I think some people say it's tomorrow, but we'll go with today. It's a beautiful day. It's fall. Happy fall. Kind of looks like fall. We had some... Um, Beautiful Tucson rain last night. That's a rarity. The desert's always happy and smiling after that. And uh, now we've got some blue skies, some gray skies, so it is definitely a bit of fall out here. Love it. I love it. And we have a special guest on today. Woo-hoo. Get excited for Wednesday, Wednesday, folks. It is September 21st. Let's find out how many days until Christmas. You're not even going to believe it. Oh, my. 95 days until Christmas. Exactly. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, folks. Crazy 95 days until Christmas. Underneath the hundreds. Pow. You better get to serious work. Oh, my Christmas wish this year for your taste buds to return back to normal before you do your Christmas baking because I know last year really sucked. And it's September, October, November, December. Well, you've got 94 days to get to have your taste buds back. I think mine are coming back. Oh, man. Cal lost hers like the 1st of December. I lost mine 1st of January. Taste and smell. Gone. Oh, just like that. And I'll never forget uh, got the COVID, got the grip, and then um, one day my neighbor went out and got me some food, and everything was all good, and then I was eating and breakfast in the morning, and one of my friends was like, oh, you mean you still have your taste and smell? I was like, yeah, we talking about. Oh, my God, by the time dinner time rolled around, it was gone. So weird. Like, someone just flipped a freaking switch. So someone could please... Put that back. That would be appreciated. Oh, yeah. See? 
That would be magic. <laughs> that was supposed to be a laugh. All right, well, just in a little bit, we were get, we're going to chat with Myron Renee Rone. I'm not sure you say that. We'll call you Myron. I'm sorry. Um, uh, he, he is going to come on and talk to us about that in Southern California. I'm really excited about that. Lab testing is ep- is epic. I don't know why I'm on, stuck on the word epic this morning. And key, it's so essential. But good lab testing, okay? Honest lab testing. We'll get to get to you, Myron, in just a few minutes. Thank you so much for being patient. And sorry we missed last week's show. Um, life happened and had to get things done. Um, all righty then. So let's see. Let's give a big old shout out to Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Woo-hoo! Your one-stop shop for everything medical. Marijuana will get you your certification. We'll get you a whole lot of education. Um, we will, we've got awesome new hemp products down there, hemp pipes. Um, I've got a killer new battery that looks like a cigar pipe. It's really cool. Um, and uh, we've got new um, shirts and backpacks are really neat. I'm always tempted to get a backpack. I already have my own, another backpack, but this one's made of hemp, so I'm always, dang it, I need it. Um, what else we got down there? Awesome staff, <clears throat> awesome doctors. They will answer all your questions. Um, we will get the answers to everything that we possibly can to help you get your card. If you want to know what conditions qualify you for your card, you can just check out TumbleweedHealthCenter.com. And there are actually quite a few. Arizona uh, has a really pretty good program uh, for medical patients. It's really good. Um, So if you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, uh, seizures, all seizures, including epilepsy, um, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, uh, agitation of Alzheimer's, and that goes all the way to dementia. Cachexia, wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. The other really cool thing about this program is that if your condition is not listed on that list, it's not there, but you're taking a medication or they're treating you somehow that's causing something like that, you can get your medical card in the state of Arizona. Pretty great. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. I'm going to do something tricky now. I'm going to see if it works, actually, though, because um, I want to make sure that the guest that we are going to have on doesn't have feedback and so that I can actually hear them and chat with them. So I'm going to throw on another commercial. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your health lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. 
Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. Um, Give us a call. Again, 520-838-4430. I'm going to turn this down so I don't have to hear myself. So hopefully I just tricked us into a good little gathering here. That's always questionable with the phone and with the program. So uh, without further ado, please, let's give a big warm welcome to uh, Mr. Myron from Bell Costa Lab. Thank you for coming on Weed Day Wednesday. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing swell myself. Are you in Southern California? Are we on the same time zone? <laughs> Yes, we're in the we're in the same time zone. Yes. Okay. So I didn't get you up too early because that's I know this is early enough. <laughs> well, I know it's a tr- it's tricky with Arizona and the, and the time zones to California. It is. I I used to put um, just Mountain Standard Time, and I thought everybody would look it up and that'd be fine. And then I started putting Tucson Time, and I figured that'd be fine. And now I put Phoenix Time, and now I just say, "Come on, guys, help and help me out. Look it up." <laughs> Because <laughs> I've missed a lot of guests. They just, they can't get it. So thank you for getting it. Thank you for being here. Um, we're excited to have you on air. I'm a Californian myself, but from Northern California. Are you originally from Southern California? Yeah, born and raised Southern California. Um, lived in Northern for a little bit, but yeah, mostly Southern California. Wow, and then you went off to all those fancy schools and came back. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's been an adventure, but I, I love the state of California. It's a great state. It is a great state. I miss it. I miss my trees because I grew up in Napa when it wasn't fancy, and so the redwoods were a big part of, of growing up. Uh, where did you live in Northern California for a little while? It's funny you say Napa because I lived in Napa. Oh, there you go. <laughs> There's our connection. It, That's it's, crazy. Yeah. Beautiful what country. Year? It's a beautiful. Uh, mo- actually, most recently, uh, last okay. the last couple of years, I, we were working on expanding our our lab up into Northern California, and so to help open our facility up there, I, I moved up with my family. Oh, um, nice. And from from the like Newport Beach area, and uh, oh, wow. while we we're working okay. on that, yeah. And so wow. yeah, I still Good love it. My you. family's still. Our family's still down in uh, in Newport, and we're working on uh, expanding the lab, hopefully in multiple other states. Excellent. That's awesome. So why don't you tell uh, our audience a little bit about yourself, and then tell us what sets apart your lab from from the others, what makes you so unique and special. And sure, first, wait a minute, how do you say your last name? <laughs> oh, it's Ron. <laughs> it's okay. It's Rone. Oh, I think somewhere in there I may have got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're pretty close. You're pretty close. Okay. So um, tell us about you. So, so yeah. So I I didn't really grow up in the in the science industry. Um, I've I actually have a, a legal background and a business background by schooling, as you kind of mentioned. And when I've always been interested in cannabis, I love the med- medical benefits that it has. I think there's so much more it has to offer that we don't even know about yet. And back yeah. in 
2016 when California passed Prop 64, I wanted to find a way to get into the cannabis space. And I saw this mm-hmm. as an opportunity, one, as a, as a business person, but two, as really a way to, to help people while being a business person. And right. with that, I, I've been most of my career actually in the supply chain side of different industries, mm. on the shipping and logistics, mm-hmm. warehousing, so nothing mm. really to do with cannabis. And I thought that, um, like alcohol, cannabis would be distributed as a, like through a third party. And alcohol in almost all states are distributed through a third-party distributor that's not the alcohol companies. And I got Mm -hmm. kind of started networking within California cannabis and got us some early information that third-party distribution might not be required, though I think it's it's really needed within the industry. And when that happened, I was looking at the other areas within cannabis that might be interesting to enter. I didn't really know that that much about growing it and so I wasn't you know going to become an expert there but with my legal background I thought the public health and safety side would be beneficial so really making sure people are safe making sure they're consuming clean Mm -hmm. products Mm -hmm. and so it became a testing lab we tried to build a testing lab in 20 early 2017 and there weren't any regulations I was living in Orange County, and I, I reached out to 60 different city attorneys anywhere within several hours of driving distance from where I lived just to talk to them about opening a testing lab. And I literally got hung up on by almost all of them. And they just they had no interest in cannabis. They said no cannabis in our cities. And I think one of the mistakes huh. California has made through this entire process is not requiring that cities allow cannabis, legal compliant cannabis in their cities. Right. And right. So does California require testing? Yes. So every product prior to entering the dispensary must be tested. Okay. Okay. Well, that's Uh, good to know. Arizona's rules are slightly different. (laughs) Yeah, I've been I've been learning a little bit about Arizona. I mean, it, it sounds like most products must be tested, but there's different ways they can test it, and the batch sizes of 100 pounds seem pretty large, and the the harvest batch versus the final retail, it's seemingly like they need to kind of get their rules together on testing. And I, mm-hmm. coming from California, I could I could tell you how important testing is because I, I know that the growers out there don't aren't trying to use harmful products. I know that they generally probably mean their best, but, you know, between right. molds that grow that could hurt patients and different pesticides that we don't really know the impact on for when they're lit on mm-hmm. fire and then inhaled and processed exactly. through the lungs, mm-hmm. there, there are some major exactly. considerations that people need to be aware of when they're purchasing cannabis. Absolutely, yes, that's that's absolutely true. And there have been a lot of states that have had a lot of their medicine pool because of just like you said, like they've used nutrients or fertilizers or chemicals that, when heated to a certain temperature, they they molecularly change into something that's extremely harmful, if not deadly. I mean, it's it's crazy. And they they're not like you said, they're not scientists. They don't. They're just putting stuff in their plants, you know. Right. I mean, they, they see a product. I can't tell you how many 
um, growers I meet that have, they say, well, I just sprayed on this organic pesticide. It says it was organic. Right. But unfortunately, some right. organic pesticides actually are not allowed in, at least in the California, and I think Arizona is pretty similar with what pesticides we have in both markets. And, hmm. and even, you know, growers don't necessarily know that. They, they think because it says organic and it's certified organic, it, it's okay. But right. I encourage anybody before they use a new product, you just run it through a testing lab. Make sure there's nothing in it that could become an issue later on. Maybe run it through a couple to make sure that everybody's, you know, <clears throat> or your product is consistent, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So So you've been in this – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, so in, um, you know, 2018, we launched Bell Coastal Labs in Long Beach. Long Beach was the first – one of the first cities to allow cannabis have actual regulations – have zoning where it wasn't a complete roll of the dice on are we going to be able to actually operate a business because in California cannabis and in most cannabis in, around the country, you essentially have to build your operation and hope you get your license. And it's a, it's a major investment, right. a major undertaking mm -hmm. and a major financial risk. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yes. Yeah. And, so we launched in twenty in twenty April of twenty eighteen. It was good. We've grown. We've become one of the largest uh, testing labs in California, and we are just you know trying to ride out the craziness of the cannabis industry and grow within California and hopefully soon in other states. Yeah, and it is it is crazy. It's gonna it it's still gonna take a little while to. Um, get get everything grounded and uniform, so to speak, within the industry. It's a good thing that you're getting in early. Um, we we will be 11 years old this November, and we still feel like we're you know it's all still brand new. You know, starting to learn all sorts of stuff about this plant that they had no idea about. Um, now, looking at your website, bellcoastalabs.com, if you go to services. Holy Toledo, you guys do a lot, which is really um, impressive. So you, so you test for um, – oh, so here's one on here, vitamin E acetate. Tell us a little bit about that because that was the, the devil inside all the dabs, all the pens, all the vape pens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what they've, they believe was a problem. I've heard a couple different stories now. I don't know if we have an exact mm -hmm. ruling. But what was interesting about vitamin right. E acetate is, is when it heated up to vaping, to the vaping point, it turned into acetic, acetic acid, and then it was essentially acid getting inhaled in the lungs. Oh, um, oh, Lord. But I also heard some things about maybe some of those carts that had vitamin E also had issues with metals inside the heating coils, mm. which could be getting in people's oh. lungs. So. Yes, that that was huh. inside the actually inside the battery itself, the physical battery itself. Oh my had god! Some chemicals that, that oh could have been an issue. Well, and we've all seen those videos of what happens when animals or kids <clears throat> or even adults accidentally swallow one of those batteries. It's deadly. It's just an acid yep. being released into your body that you can't get out. Oh. Uh, yeah. So. so Vitamin E, vitamin yeah. E acetate, I definitely don't think should be in, in an inhaled product. Um, right. Definitely not, you know. Right. And 
it was interesting and, and horrifying to see kind of what, what was happening to people. And I'm glad to see that that has stopped, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, nowadays. The, the hard part yeah. is, well, uh, as a lab, we, you know, primarily deal with anybody. You can have, you can test your own individual product, but we primarily okay. deal with the legal, tr- legal market versus the, you know, traditional market out there. And so, pro- and it's, it's hard, especially in California. I don't know about Arizona as much, but there are so many what look like dispensaries and look like legal dispensaries and ask people for their IDs and act like legal dispensaries, but they I actually know. aren't. I know. And the new patients, a lot of our older patients, they don't know the difference. How would you know the difference? I mean, you wouldn't. I was talking to somebody the other day that was in a city in, in Orange County in Southern California. He said, oh, I went to three different dispensaries, but none of them had labels on their product. I didn't understand what was going on. And I, and I was like, uh-huh. well, I knew the city he went to. And I said, well, that city doesn't allow cannabis dispensaries. So everyone oh. he went to was an illegal dispensary. Illegal. Yep. Yeah, people are surprised when, you know, when I tell them to be careful looking at weed maps because – um, I don't know if they're still doing it, but in the past, weed maps will list anybody. So we have like 15 or 17 legal dispensaries in all Tucson, but if you look at weed maps in the Tucson area, there's just a ton out there, and people don't know. They're accepting deliveries, and what if these people aren't testing this, their products? Most likely they're not because it can be expensive, you know? Absolutely. And t- testing, on you know, the hard part is, Testing is really important, but yeah, it is expensive. It's expensive for brands. Brands need to test their product throughout the entire growth cycle, right? We want to ensure that the product is going to be safe for the consumer at the end. But the only way, if they're, mm-hmm. you know, if they have, you know, certain aspects of things that change within their grow or even extraction, we need to be, we need to check these things. We need to look at when someone's extracting. It might pass at a flower state. But when you're concentrating a pesticide, it then becomes that much more concentrated in its extraction form. Right. And so right. With, with that, you might have a passing flower but a failing concentrate. And we, you know, at Bel Costa, we, we really help our customers. We hold their hands through the process. We try to educate. I know you're talking a lot about education. I mean, we, we give out free bud tender trainings to um, dispensaries just to try to get people uh. off the potency topic. We work really mm-hmm. hard for our clients that have, you know, maybe aspergillus issues, mold issues, or pesticide issues. We can swab their their areas to try to find out where the pesticides are coming from. I mean, we've seen, you know, in the past wow. four or five years, it's a lot of different things in different areas where things can go wrong within a grower. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially you have um... – and rightly so, you've got a lot of new people coming to this that have never done this before, and bless them, and good luck. But you really, if you're putting something out that people are ingesting, you really should have it tested. Um, are you, so are you offering testing for, like, individuals, the mom and pop shops, the commercials? Do you have, like, a, a tiered testing for, because for, I know there are a lot of patients out that, there that want to test, especially the dry herb that they're smoking, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we can, we can test for uh, licensed distributors and we can test for consumers for their own individual products. 
So they don't need to get the, all mm. of the tests that a distributor right. or manufacturer has to okay. get and should get. But, okay. you know, a consumer, right. individual consumer can look at what's most important and what their concerns are. You know, is it is it pesticides? Is it mold? I mean, depending on what their conditions are. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I recommend if the individual consumer wants to test their product, don't go in and spend all the money to get every single test done. Let's focus on what's a priority, what's important to you. Right, because there are so many. I mean, if you, you know, if you just look at terpenes or, you know, the cannabinoids or, you know, whatever, you can go deep if you want, or you can just get your THC level if you want. Yeah, and I mean, the, the terpenes and cannabinoids aren't really public health issues or health issues. So we mm-hmm. definitely try to talk to consumers right. if they want to know what's in their product into focusing on, you know, things like pesticides, metals, or mold. Exactly. Things that are harmful. <clears throat> yep. Okay. So just for fun, mm-hmm. what's the highest THC level you've seen? Sorry, what was the question? THC level you've had in your lab. Um. You know, we are seeing, you know, California markets changed a lot uh, because it's so driven by THC. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing, you know, people are, I think it's sad that they're stopping to grow some amazing strains because the market is just all they care about is THC. So, you know, you're seeing genetics just are, are modified to making high THC product. So we're seeing some stuff in the, you know, low, third, low to mid-30s on a flower. Mm. Uh, a lot of oh, like, wow. like a GMO gar- garlic cookie strains, the GMOs. Garlic um, cookie? Yeah. Wow. And e- even some that of the came out original. Of Gilroy, right? Good, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and e- even some of the original like OG type strains are testing high. I mean, everybody is doing everything they can oh, yeah. to put high potency product in the market because unfortunately with COVID, it's sort of messed up mm. the dispensaries where you no longer can even touch a package of flour to look at it or smell it or, or get any ideas of what's going on. You know, I, know. I, I went to dis, I went to dispensary and they like were showing me the product in a glass jar and I said, Oh, can I get a closer look? And they wouldn't even let me touch it to even look at the product. So wow. the consumers don't have anything yeah. to go off of. And the bud tenders are just so trained at this point on, well, all I could sell is, is THC, you know, that's that's what they're selling. And so we've got this weird influx of only high THC products, which, to be honest, we did a study and we looked at, we had multiple people try different products across different potencies with different terpene profiles. And the most liked product was actually the most balanced. It had a good THC content, right. I think, in the mid-20s, but it also had a high right. terpene content. Right. And... And so that's we're kind of looking at like that whole potency to terpene ratio concept, and where it all it all matters. It all goes into it, but really the best experience was reported on a most on the most balanced product. Right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, there are, you know there are those folks that just want to totally get trashed and that's fine. <laughs> I always say it, that's fine. Whatever you want to use it for, but most people these days. They do want the more balanced, um, especially with the CBDs for relaxation and calming. But, yeah, 
a little bit of everything. I always, you know, we've been in this a long time, and I've always said what, you know, because they're potentiating, their their goal was to potentiate the THC to just get as high as you can. And I thought, well, why not potentiate every cannabinoid? Why not get the most, you know, out of, like, you get 30% out of all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't just focus on one. Focus on the entire plant. But everybody does it a little differently, and that's all right. Because there are certain people, some people out there that really like it, you know, just to get high, and that's fine too. We all need a break. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And, you know, what we're seeing too right now on the concentrate side is actually um, what's called liquid, they're they're calling it liquid diamond. So they're they're taking THCA mm -hmm. all the way out to the diamond form and then converting it back into a distillate so to get as high, you know, 95% levels of uh, delta-9 in concentrate so they can keep some of those vape pens at, like, you know, that low 90s when they're at, after they add their terpenes back into it. Wow. And so we're seeing a lot of that happen, which, yeah. you know, I don't necessarily mind per se because at least at the diamond form, you're, you're really cleaning the product. You're just losing any of the sub-cannabinoids. You, you just have delta-9 and whatever terpenes they add in. Oh, oh really? Uh, versus, yeah, versus a broad spectrum. I, I agree with you. I think the broad spectrum is a more enjoyable experience, more flavorful experience, more real experience of the, of the plant. Uh, mm-hmm. So seeing, you know, more broad spectrum cannabinoids, in, in even yeah. in vaping where there's, you know, live resins and sauces and things like that, uh, I think are more beneficial to the consumer. But to each their own. They're harder to – yeah, well, exactly. And I don't judge anyone, and I don't care what you want to do with it. You know, um, it's a plant, for crying out loud. <laughs> but uh, I was on the search for um, – what I, I just called it, you know, just a, a full cannabis oil when I called all the dispensaries and, I, and they said, you mean live resin? I said, sure, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Very difficult to find a cartridge that is resin, live resin, anything that doesn't have something else in it, you know. Um, I think people need to work on those more. <clears throat> so I myself am very sensitive to processes and chemicals and things like that. So I just wanted whatever the oil was. But I did find some, um, and they were pretty good. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> to each their own. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I love the natural terpenes of cannabis. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just, you can make cannabis distillate taste however you want. They can taste like strawberries if you wanted right. to. Um, right. But the, the natural, you know, the real natural components, I think there's so many benefits that we don't know about medicinally yet that are going to be amazing as we study and as we find out. And I, I personally, I like ratio type products too, that have CBD, a higher CBD content with the cannabis. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, just to balance out the, the heaviness of it. Right. Exactly. And with, with that microdosing is also um, very helpful for folks. To, especially that are just starting, like, and you should always start, you know, with a very low dose anyway, um, if you're new to it, uh, just because we, we all hear the horror stories, you know, oh, just eat half the brownie. 
<laughs> and then they're slayed. Yeah, and then you've knocked grandma out. <laughs> are are you getting uh requests for uh juicing or I mean uh testing uh raw plants? Can you test raw plants like in its fresh state? Yes. The depending on what the hard part is really the accuracy of that. So a plant in its raw state contains a lot of moisture. And moisture, if I were to just try to prep it and run it in a normal, like our normal way, it would dilute Uh whatever is potentially in it. So what we do with plants in in its uh, raw state is we'll take them raw, but then we'll dry them out in-house. And then we'll run the test on the product. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But absolutely. So, I mean, farms will call us out prior to harvest to get an idea, make sure there's no issues, make sure there's any heavy metals problems, and right. we'll we'll take some flour. Um, now, it's untrimmed, so, like, the potency isn't really accurate and things like that. But if they're looking for more of the, on the contaminant side to ensure that it's free of contaminants, we'll take it wet. Um, we also test for the certain viruses, right. the hop latent virus that we test oh. for, that people people look at. Now, that's, again, it's not a consume, not as much of a consumer risk as much as it is on a uh, on a grow risk, right, because what it happens is when a hoplatin infected plant touches the other plants, it passes it along. So you can have a, mm. uh, you can lose, you know, a lot of, a lot of <clears> plants <throat> in that cycle. So people do run hoplatin tests to ensure that their plants don't have any viruses, um, there's a couple other tests, but hoplatin is the most. Okay. Is that um, native to California? Is that something a lot of growers experience? I've never heard of that virus. Yeah, no, it's, it could be it could be in any state. It's, it's, in the, it's just a, a common virus in the cannabis plant. Huh. Hoplatin? And hoplatin, yep. Huh. Interesting. And you can usually tell by the plants because they look, you know, the, the leaves are smaller. They don't produce as much. Mm. They turn colors. Okay. But, again, you, most people are trying to catch it before. So we have a test that we can identify these plants early on before they get too sick and spread to other plants. So at the certain life cycles, people will check. Um, the, some, some do check the plants. And make sure. But a right. lot of nurseries, you know, when people are buying clones at a nursery, a lot of nurseries check themselves. But it is something for any grower to make sure that before they're buying, you know, potential clone, they're checking and asking, you know, do you check for hoplite? Oh, really? Interesting. Huh. Well, California's got a big market out there, and they've been doing this for an awful long time. I mean, their dispensaries have been open since 96, so... <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. with Prop 215. Yeah. Those days have mm-hmm. changed a lot. Yes. Yes. Those, <laughs> yeah, we, back in the day <laughs> when we were growing up. It uh, looks like you do consultations, which is really great. As you were saying, you know, um, there's a lot of testing, and when when the when the bigger grows, do they have to test for everything? Is that a requirement in California? Yeah, well, there's a compliance test requirement. So 
uh, before a product okay. is released to dispensary, the distributor has to okay. make sure that it's been tested. So, you know, certain products, let's just say, uh, flour can be tested in a, up to 50 pounds bulk. I believe Arizona has okay. Oh, okay. like 100 pounds maximum. What's um, your minimum? And so Cal- What's the minimum someone can send in to you? I mean, uh, anything like, I mean, people, if a distributor may send in a sample or have a one pound batch, but they still, they want to sell it. So in order to sell it, they have to go through the compliance test. There's, there's no way around that. If they want to sell it in a licensed dispensary, then they have to test it, even if it's one pound. And then you give that pound back to them? No. So we don't take the pound. Basically the way it works is, we have uh, what's called our, our sampler team, and our samplers will uh-huh. go out to the distributor, and they'll uh-huh. say, okay, here's one pound, to, uh, here's 50 pounds of the same strain harvested on the same, uh-huh. at the same time, and our guys will go out and they'll randomly, they use a, there's a formula that requires a minimum number of samples, cool. and then we will yeah. randomly select samples from that batch. Okay. And Very pull cool. in, so it's, yeah, and so we'll we'll pull that, and then we'll bring that back to the lab, and that's the portion that we test. You know, and the goal is to hopefully that if there are any issues, that we've got a random sample, and it's a true random sample, and then we'll identify a problem. You know, it's still 50 a day. I'm getting maybe 80 grams, so there's still a lot of product left, but it's just a statistically significant percentage, and hopefully that if there are any issues, we do catch it. And that, that's the goal behind it. Right. Catch the issues before it's released to the public. Correct. Are there, are, do you have a lot of competition? Yeah, when we started, there were maybe only four or five labs. Uh, and then now there are up to about 50 licenses. I don't know if all of them are actually active. I think there's probably somewhere between 30 and 40. So there are a lot of labs now in, in California. It's caused some some challenges by you know drop prices dropping and science is expensive mm-hmm. and to do it right is not easy the equipment we have to buy costs hundreds of thousands of dollars and yeah you know we have to keep it maintained and, and a full staff so you know like all right. other cannabis industries you know prices and testing have dropped a little bit um, or a good amount prices and you know of cannabis have dropped so Everybody is feeling the the price compression, while most of our inputs and costs have gone up. So it's definitely making mm-hmm. you know growing, growing and testing cannabis you know a bit of a struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the prices in the planet today are just obscene for everything. So I can't imagine what equipment prices are and and uh, the cost to recalibrate everything and the chemicals used and yeah that. That's awful. <laughs> That's hard. That's hard to adjust with in the economy when there's, a, you know, that much competition out there. Um, talk to me about your quote-unquote bud trainer tender training because that yeah. – um, I've had a lot of labs on the show, and none of them have, offer, have offered that. And to me, that is one of the most important things in this whole industry uh, is is this person behind the counter – it's giving you medicine, especially to the folks that are brand new, that are older, that don't have any idea, you know. Um, 
tell me what you talk to them about. What is so important about, you know, the training for you? So, you know, especially with this increase in the only thing people care about is potency, we focus mm-hmm. heavily on terpenes. Um, we really ah. want to take the bud tender training away from all your cells potency to let's talk about the product right. as a whole. Let's learn about it. The, the challenge is there's right. a lot of turnover in bud tenders. Um, you know, giving medical advice is, is diff- you can't really do that that much. Uh, so it's, it's really what else can we talk about in this plant that we have the ability to actually talk about. And for us, that's, right. that's terpenes. Mm. And so we focus most of the training on, on getting people to understand, you know, how cannabis is grown and then really how those terpenes interact and what, what we have of information available to us to talk about what the effects right. are for the consumer. So even when you talk about, you know, the, the acidic components of, of, ter- of cannabis, the THCA, the CBDA, the THCVA, you know, most of the acidics are known as anti-inflammatories. So for people that have swelling and things like that, you know, we recommend high THCA products, not even smoking it necessarily, but consuming it differently on the, on the acidic, which isn't actually going to get them high because you don't get right. high on THCA you get high when it right. converts into Delta nine. And so really getting the bud tender to understand what are the main terpenes, what are what, mm-hmm. of the information that's available out there? What are their effects of those terpenes? What do they do? How do they help people? What are the, you know, if you have, there's, right. there's, there really are maybe a handful of primary terpenes that are in cannabis and the rest are, are minor terpenes. And so if you look at the order of, you know, top five, and what, what are the primary, what's the primary? And as it goes down the line, you know, what are those effects? Is, is it, you know, sleepy? Is it a sleepy strain? Is it an energetic strain? You know, do you look at the THCV? You know, there's, we're hearing more about THCV these days, which is more energetic. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think there are a lot of different aspects of cannabis that we need the bud tenders to understand. And, cause it, and yeah. I know they're trying to turn people and, and they, they've got patients and they've got to get through them quickly, but really understanding what the patient's, the patient's needs are, you know, are you looking for uh, something sleepy? Are you looking for something energetic? Or even, you know, the bud tender offering their own, their own opinion of what they like. Because when you look at, you know, alcohol, wine, no one's really looking at the alcohol content and uh, of that product. So we're looking at what are the other components? How is it grown? Is it organically farmed? Is it indoor? Is it sun grown? Is it light? What does all that mean? What is the difference between all of that? And right. just getting the, the <clears throat> bud tender to understand all of that. Right. And, and like you said, they're, they're, a lot of dispensaries are just really in it for the money. So they're really pushing the bud tenders to get people in and get them out. And um, that's too bad because uh, some of these people need a lot of handholding. They just really don't have any idea. I wish, you know, I don't like to go to dispensaries typically because of that reason. It's just like, here, what do you want? Get out, you know, and there's no like, I mean, I've, I've even educated bud tenders to what products are in their own dispensaries 
you know, just because they're in such a rush, they don't even know what they're selling. They're just like, yeah, oh, we don't have that. And I'm like, it, actually, it's right there, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, you know, bud tender training is so important. I mean, we are trying to work with dispensary chains and, and trying to get them to help educate. I mean, some, we try to offer, you know, different things for our customers because we, we really need to focus to get people off, off potency because what it's causing is potency inflation and really – the consumers are getting hurt at the end of the day because they're not really getting a product that they think they're getting. And then right. the growers can't grow these amazing strains because they won't, someone won't buy it because it tested at 18%, even though it's got this huge terpene profile. And if you smoked them side by side, you probably would get, you'd have the probably better feelings in a lower THC testing product with a higher terpene content, but you just, it's not even available on the market anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. It's sad that they're judging, you know, the, the THC contents, in, you know, in yeah, that manner. That's... Because some people so we just do don't want can. that 37%. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of 30% flour, it's, it's either super dry or, you know, like mm. they, people don't aren't enjoying it as much. It's a little bit harsher because there's so much THC. Um, they really need to people. I recommend consumers if they want to try something, give it a go one time, buy something that's a little less potent and put it side by side with something right. that is. And, right. you know, make, make sure, see how you feel both, both times. You might actually enjoy a lower testing strain. Yeah. I, I would <clears throat> totally agree. A lot of people do, and and literally the the stuff that they were smoking in the '60s just wasn't didn't have the potency that this does now. It just didn't. Ha- and so I always tell people like when they <clears throat> I grow, and when they smoke mine, I say just literally one hit, just be careful. And they're like ah ha ha, and then they come back and they're like oh you weren't kidding. I'm like no, I really wasn't kidding. <laughs> yes, one hit. Because it's strong stuff, and they're not used to that, you know? Right, and it's probably test well, and it probably has a high terpene content, and the mm-hmm. effects of that combine, the potency and the terpene. We, like to, we call it the potency-terpene ratio. That's what our, our acronym is for. Oh. You know, we look at the terpene yeah. content to the potency, and we kind of give it a ratio, and we believe that should be an aspect that consumers – start looking for and trying to think about and even brands start listing. But there right. also is only so much real estate on packaging and so they yes. can only do yes. what they can do. So I... And make it readable. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's packaging is pretty is is very problematic. Especially the labels that they get we get from the dispensaries here in town. It literally takes a magnifying glass to read them. It's like what? Yeah. It's pretty bad. Are you, are you seeing um, a trend in more indica, more sativa, more hybrid? Yeah. I mean, I'd say today everything is pretty much a hybrid, really because a true sativa yep. takes an extra month to grow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, therefore, right. we're, we're really seeing more more hybrids more hybrid because people yeah yeah everything is everything pretty much is a hybrid i think even when i see 
you know, sativa indica is on a package. I don't really believe it. Maybe it's dominant. And really you could start looking at some of the terpenes and the cannabinoid content to, to identify, you know, a true sativa versus a, a true indica. I'd say, you know, certain terpenes give different, different effects. And if, right. if it's even listed, uh, right. most, most product today is just a hybrid. Hmm. What is the weirdest thing you found in, in testing? I know that uh, one of our outdoor growers or greenhouse growers during the, we picked up packaged product. It's not really weird, but it's sort of funny. And they, they had a ladybug in, in the product because people use actual bugs to combat the pests that, that eat the cannabis and ruin the cannabis. So you put beneficial insects into a grow, and if you're outdoor and then you're packaging it, you know, we, we got an actual live ladybug. Product. Oh, it was alive? <laughs> yeah. You got a new friend. Yeah. <laughs> But technically, that's an issue under the cannabis testing. I mean, if I think you're allowed to have one, see, you know, one insect or one insect fragment or something like that. So, you know, whenever we identify or we see something that could be an issue, we we work with our clients and let them know, hey, just Mm. you know, be careful with this. And on that instance, the response was, yeah, well, we use insects to help get rid of any pests for cannabis. And you know, what do you do? It's kind of an interesting thought because it, it is a plant. It is grown outdoors a lot. I mean, the indoor ones still have bugs and still have issues with bugs. So mm-hmm. the best way to deal with them organically is to actually release bugs into the environment that eat the bad bugs. The good bugs eat the bad bugs. Right. I just put 3,000 ladybugs in my room. So, yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and they get everywhere. And they're hard to – yeah, and I mean, they, it, it is a natural – uh, pest control. So what? What do, it's hard to keep all of them out. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean yeah. that's another part of educating consumer, right? Because maybe they find one, but it's not really bad. It's like, hey, this is this is a good bug that gets rid of the bad bugs, but the the consumer doesn't necessarily understand that either. Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah, ladybugs are good. <laughs> What's Absolutely. Have you had any like? Have you had any weird, um, like, I don't know, spider mites or just anything strange come through other than the ladybug? What's the worst chemical you've seen in there? I mean, we there's definitely when people use pesticides, you can you can tell. I mean, one of the the pesticides that you was used to be commonly used in cannabis is mycobutanol, and it's still allowable mm-hmm. at a low limit. But Michael Butanol, when we were talking about pesticide earlier, that's the one that when it gets heated up, it turns into cyanide. Oh. When you're talking about how pesticides, when they're lit on fire, could have an issue, Michael Butanol is you know, the main one that comes to mind because once it's lit up, it, it turns into cyanide. <laughs> you definitely don't want to be inhaling too much cyanide. No, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they, that's like one of those, you can have like point oh 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 something percent <laughs> in the whole batch. Yeah, I mean, the, the levels are really low in most states. 
that they're allowing in yeah. certain states. Some, I mean, even Colorado, though, for a long time, wasn't even testing pesticides to be such an early adapter what? and wasn't even testing for, for a while. Now they are, um, but there was a period of time huh. where they weren't. And hmm. so, like, you know, every, it, it's really interesting to see how these states evolve and what pesticides are required and what their, their batch sizes are. I, I hope one day, you know, all of this gets normalized and all of it is, is still tested, right. though, because yeah, the yeah. way the consumer is handling this they need and ingesting it, they need to make sure. Your stomach, when you're eating that brownie you were talking about earlier, it's okay if, if your, stomach is pro- and your stomach can process pesticides better than your lungs. And so okay. we, we have to be careful about what people put into the plants to right. ensure, you know, your lungs can process it. Your stomach can handle a lot more. So that's why food limits on a lot of pesticides are, a lot, are higher than what cannabis has. And so when you look at cannabis, if you were to eat it, it's probably could be cleaner than your, you know, some of your organic products, organic non-cannabis hmm. products. Right just because of the levels that we have to test for. Interesting. Um, I'm looking at your um, heavy metal testing site page, and it's got arsenic on here, lead, mercury, and cadmium. You see a lot of arsenic? Unfortunately, um, we see that where growers are not filtering their city water or well water. And so typically when we see arsenic pop up, it comes from a water issue where, you know, at a low level, cannabis, the plant is a bioaccumulator. So it's going to suck up anything that you give to it. And the flower is where it holds most of that product of whatever, whatever nutrients, things like that. So that's, that's why people flush their products. But on the metal side, metals are heavy and they stay Mm. around. So the water right. that flows through the plant, the arsenic is typically, when we see that, is typically coming from somebody who's not using a RO, reverse osmosis water system, and not filtering their city water or well water. Um, and that's, uh, that's the time where we see arsenic. Okay. We see things like cadmium typically in uh, outdoor grows in the Santa Barbara region, for example. It's, it's in the soil. Yeah. So while most people aren't actually planting in soil, they're planting in pots, what we identified right. at some grows is that if, you're, if the area nearest to the road, that's a dirt road potentially, and people are driving on it, wow. they're actually kicking up dust from the dirt road, mm-hmm. and it's falling mm-hmm. onto the plant, and it's sticky, and then we're right. getting hit so for cadmium. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Also, cocoa. That's very interesting. A lot of people grow with cocoa mediums, and cocoa at least used to have a lot of uh, cadmium in it. So making sure that when you're buying cocoa, if you're growing in it, that they've tested it for cadmium is important as well. Hmm. And And what does cadmium do in our bodies that's not good? You know, I, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'd have to look it up. There's so many different interferences. I mean, it's just another metal that we, we probably shouldn't ingest too much of. <laughs> Along with the lead, the mercury, and the arsenic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we all know about mercury, even from fish, 
and lead, you know, lead we yep. typically see is, is from a, you know, we don't see that much of it anymore, but usually when there's, you know, in the early days in some of the vape carts, they had lead problems just from how they were manufactured. Right. Yeah. We don't want to ingest that. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I mean, we all know how bad lead is for you, for you and lead in drinking water and, and certain cities in the country. So lead is, is really important again, because you're, you're putting it through your lungs more so than mm-hmm. even your, your stomach. So it has to be even a lower level for anything that you're putting through your lungs. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Lots of education. Do you go out and do events and educate people or? Yeah, my, we do. My, my team does. We try to, uh, one of one member of my team actually is teaching the very first college level course at Long Beach Community College about nice. cannabis. Oh, so sweet. we, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So we, we're teaching a full, like the first full cannabis course there. We were so lucky to be part of that, and it's such a great program to help really educate people. I, I'm excited to see, you know, college and university level cannabis courses kind of as the industry progresses. It's it's really exciting. You couldn't be part of it. I know it. it's it's neat to watch. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, uh, Myron, so much. Tell all of our guests out there where they can contact you, especially if they're in California, so they can get their medicine tested. Yeah, we are. It's bellcostalabs.com, B-E-L-C-O-S-T-A, labs.com. And you can, we're in the city of Long Beach, and you can reach us. We can help you with testing, questions, education. Really, we just want to be a resource for our customers and the public where we can help provide information and knowledge so that you can make good choices with cannabis. Absolutely. And hopefully uh, you'll set up a lab here soon uh, and, uh, and all over the country. Get, get Thank get you. Out we're, there. we're looking into it. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. We'll have a happy Wednesday, Wednesday. And again, thank you so much for coming on air. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Myron Renee, Rone of Bell Coastal Labs in Southern California, folks. Right on. Good to know. Good people out there testing our medicine. Super, super important. Um, again, thank you all for tuning in and for listening to Weed Day Wednesday. I'm going to switch back here. Thank you, Myron. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget, we're going to be at Blunt Brunch this week and also uh, Pride next week. Super excited about that. Um, We're also going to be at the High Desert Music Festival in November. And as always, be smart, be safe, and educate. Have an awesome Wednesday, Wednesday, y'all.
seaweed day.